0: You're listening to Ingredipedia, a factual food fight podcast where every episode we pick an ingredient and go back and forth over three rounds, find interesting stories, uses, recipes and you get to decide who is most interesting via the magic of social media. My name is Ben Birchall and I'm joined by my co-host Emily Naismith. Hello Emily.
1: Hello everybody.
0: Uh, have you eaten anything good lately?
1: Oh, well, I'm staring down a pa- at a packet of chips and sultanas on my desk, but mm-hmm. don't judge me based on that. Um, I ha- actually have eaten a lot of good things lately. Uh-huh. I've eaten homemade McDonald's, which is something we're going to talk about later on.
0: Yeah, okay. But I've
1: been, yeah, learning how to make McDonald's at home.
0: Oh, you, you don't have one near you? Um,
1: It's more about the challenge, more about the art. Okay. Y- yeah.
0: Well, what ingredient could we be possibly talking about that would necessitate a discussion of homemade McDonald's?
1: Yeah, so we did base this episode around homemade McDonald's. So <laughs> we've chosen cheese, so, um, the, so Macca's cheese, like processed, processed cheese.
0: Processed cheese. And I think yeah. we need to be kind of clear about some of the rules about yeah. processed cheese. I mean, because processed cheese kind of isn't cheese. It's like a process of mixing cheese with other things, yes. emulsifiers, salt, um, water, sugar, oils, um, which you know it's then heated, mixed through with this stuff, and it becomes a much more stable, mm. shelf-stable product.
1: So it's not cheese, but it's not not cheese.
0: No, it's cheese product. Cheese product. Che-
1: <laughs> cheese stuffs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so today we're going to be talking be talking about <laughs> cheese stuffs. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's. Yeah, episode 40-something, Cheese Stuffs. All right, <laughs> let's crack into it.
1: Uh, so Homemade McDonald's. Mm-hmm. It's a Facebook group I mentioned before. Yeah. So basically my friend Joel started this Facebook group called Homemade McDonald's earlier on in the year. And I've been an active member and um, basically people make McDonald's burgers and Um, whatever items at home nuggets and then upload a picture and a recipe and a rating to the Facebook page and then other people comment and um, yeah it's basically a way of showing that you can create McDonald's at home. Um, Anyway so I wrote an article on Broadsheet about it and shared my homemade cheeseburger recipe and yeah over those months it had grown to like 300 um, group members and then since then now, it's been picked up um, after bro- we wrote about it on Broadsheet. It's been picked up by like BuzzFeed, the Daily Mail, like like, probably like at least 10 or 15 other um, publications all across the world. And now there's 22,000 Facebook group members. Well,
0: 22,001 because I joined it today. Did you? Yeah. Okay, I cool. I wanted to snoop around a little bit and see what was going on with this viral facebook mm, group it's of so good people making these insane you know like uh, like v- some of them are like vegan versions yeah. and some of them are like someone um, made
1: like a whole family feast with like cheeseburgers and big macs and fries and nuggets and they made their own like post-mix coke yeah. with like coke and mineral water yeah it's actually the best
0: and like making stuff from scratch yeah
1: like, like um some people make the fries from scratch, the nuggets from scratch, the sauces from scratch. I was thinking about trying to make the processed cheese from scratch, but I think that's a step too far.
0: I saw some recipes for it. Really? It can be done. Ah. I mean, it's basically just mixing crap into, you, yeah. into cheese <laughs> until, it, until it isn't cheese just anymore. It's
1: yellow Play-Doh. Um, so I thought that we... would Call Joel, the creator of the Whoa. group, and talk to him about it. Okay. Yeah, this is an exclusive.
0: An exclusive. <laughs> an
1: exu- I think this is Peter. his first podcast. Do we need,
0: like, theme music for our exclusives? Like, um, do 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 do
1: no, that'd be good if you can whip, something, right, up, whip something up. All whip something up. So we're joined by Joel Cornell, the creator of the Homemade McDonald's Facebook page. The creator. Yeah.
0: Wow. Joel, thank you for joining us.
2: Oh, uh, it's no problem, guys. How you doing? This, Good.
0: this is the our first Ingridipedia exclusive.
1: Mm. So, yeah. this episode of the podcast is on cheese. So, what what are your tips for people who want to create homemade macas? What cheese should they use?
2: Well, there's a few. Uh, like, you can go to Coles and Woolworths um, and get like, there's the dairy Lead cheese, there's the uh, Burger cheese, and there's a couple of different Burger cheeses. But then you can get like, um, you know, like Jarsburg Sort of, you know, orange cheese and melt away. But I mean, I think it's more authentic if you go like low budget, yellow dye, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And for, for for McDonald's reasons,
0: you know. So I, I went to um, one of the supermarkets today, and they do have a, a specific burger, like Dairy that yeah. is orange burger cheese, which is. It looks like they've made it just for your group. Joel, are you behind <laughs> the making of the burger cheese
2: and it being well, on the shelf? Well, let shelves? me tell you. Let me tell you. Um, when I saw that burger cheese in the shelf. That's what prompted me two years ago, <laughs> and it was that brand. I'm not kidding you. I was. It was grand final day, um, in 2015, I think. Hawks won, and um, and I was like, oh my god, I'm going to make quarter pounders. And people were like, what is this? Where did you get that cheese? This tastes exactly like a quarter pounder. And um, yeah, so that, that that had a lot to do with it. <laughs> Probably the reason. <laughs>
1: wow. So when you are cooking a burger with that cheese. Yep. You just put the cheese on top of the patty. Do you find that that melts it enough to be like Macca's no. quality melt?
2: No, no. Macca's um, for like cheeseburgers and um, I think, I can't remember which were the other ones. Definitely with chicken, but it has no cheese. They they put them in the microwave for like 10 seconds um, to melt it, uh,
1: that- when,
2: it when it's in this wrapper. Well, Okay. Is that what you yep. do?
1: That's what I do too, but I didn't know that Maccas did that. I was, I they just did, thought. But it... not for
2: every burger, like okay. for quarter pounders, cheeseburgers. I don't think they do it with the Big Mac because it's got too mm. much lettuce. Um, anything with lettuce, I don't think they do it. But yeah.
0: Good call, Joel. Can I ask a yeah. question? Have, have you ever worked at McDonald's before? Are you have, have you been affiliated with McDonald's in any mm. way before?
2: Well, besides being like you know spending thousands of dollars there. Um, <laughs> you know uh no i haven't short answer is but i have um when i was younger uh i guess gone behind the scenes we used to call it it was a game that we played where we would run behind the scenes and see if we could make a burger really quickly like we were just idiots you know um um uh you, you know like it was really stupid and like you know people would get upset and stuff you know so like it's you know i'm not proud of that but yeah we did used to call it behind the scenes and we would go in and um I don't think anybody actually made a burger, like, properly and then got away, like, with that burger or anything like that. But um, I think Ben Mackey stole a, um, an apple pie once successfully, which is pretty good, and then got a dollop of soft serve.
0: Is it possible that they made the um, Create Your Own menu just to stop you from running behind the counter mm. and making your own burgers?
2: No, it, no. Look, Homemade McDonald's has only been going since February, so Create Your Taste has been around for two and a half years, I think.
1: So, so what are your plans for Homemade McDonald's now?
2: Um, well, I'm going on the today's Show on Saturday um, to cook a Big Mac. Is
1: that um, with Carl Stefanovic?
2: Then... No, with his oh. brother Peter Stefanovic. Carl's um, oh. in London. Unfortunately, I was really upset Damn. and I almost cancelled. <laughs> um, but um, I, there was the alternative was David Koch. So you know, pretty easy answer there. Yeah. It there with um, yeah. yeah um, so and then um, yeah. But anyway, um, so I'm going to make Big Macs for the hosts. I actually don't know if I meant to be mentioning this to be honest but um probably it's all right yeah it it's
0: very quiet, unlikely that but, um, we'll have this episode out in time <laughs>
2: um we yeah well, we're making big Macs for the hosts and they're going to bring in some real ones and then the the crowds going to you know test them out and stuff
0: amazing, amazing.
1: alright sweet Joel. well I'll see you on the um, Macca's mod chat
2: oh yeah it, it, yes absolutely I'll show you the new t-shirts <laughs> awesome <laughs>
1: All right. Thanks for calling
2: us. No, no worries, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks,
0: Joe. You're on IngridaPedia FM. That is Kebmo with Government Cheese. Yes, there is a reason that we are listening to smooth blues. That song is called Government Cheese. Uh, And I want to talk about government cheese, which is exactly what it sounds like. It is processed, low-quality orange cheese that was distributed to families on food benefits in the United States in the 1980s. But while it was mocked, derided and seen by some as a poor quality food product, it has been widely remembered in pop culture. So, some background on government cheese from an article by Miles Karp in Vice Munchies. As part of price support programs for farmers enacted in the 1930s, the United States government began to stockpile dairy products. By the 80s, the stockpiles were so large that merely storing them had become prohibitively expensive. The government even paid dairy farmers not to produce dairy for five years. The cheese would have eventually spoiled without any outlets and there was no more space to store it. So in 1981, the Reagan administration decided to distribute free processed cheese to America's poor under the Temporary Emergency Food Assistance Program. The goods were delivered from the federal government to each state where it was sent to various warehouses and community centres for free pickup. So, it's what it sounds like. People got free cheese from the government throughout the 1980s uh, and into the 1990s when the uh, scheme ended, basically because dairy reserves dwindled. But, while it ended, it wasn't forgotten by popular culture as can be evidenced by this Keb Motrak that we're listening to uh, Back to the article For many, recollections of the food transcend its gustatory characteristics Government cheese represents times of poverty when its consumers were forced to rely on federal handouts to fill the dinner table Some rappers reference government cheese in their lyrics to recall the lean times In FUTW, Jay-Z flaunts his rags to riches story After, the, after that government cheese, we're eating steak After the projects, we on estates And Kendrick Lamar similarly recalls a destitute and cheesy youth in Money Trees. Pots with cocaine residue, every day I'm hustling. What else is a thug to do when you're eating cheese from the government? I question rhyming hustling in government, but I don't have a Pulitzer my favorite pop culture reference to government cheese comes uh, from the saturday night live character matt foley motivational speaker portrayed by the late chris farley who warned his audiences that they could like himself be eating a steady diet of government cheese while living in a van down by the river well luckily for kendrick and jay there's another reaganite in the white house and according to courts he might be bringing back government cheese in an article about Trump's 2019 fantasy budget, it says, The budget makes a number of unusual recommendations, including substituting USDA products for some food assistance credits, a move that harkens back to the Ronald Reagan-era distribution of government cheese. Government cheese, it may just be back. Back to that Keb Mo. Oh, maybe a cheese
2: almond.
1: So when you're at the supermarket, where do you get your cheese? Because there are a few different spots. Mm. In my most frequented supermarket, which is dangerously um, underneath my, our office, um, the cheese spots are the cold fridge with the dips and yogurts, mm-hmm. the deli cheese, which mm. is obviously in the deli, the fancy cheese near the deli, so that's kind of another fridge section. Yeah, dangerous. <laughs> and then there's the aisle cheese. Which is near
0: the peanut (laughs) butter and the
1: veggie mine.
0: (laughs) shelf cheese. Yes. Okay. Well, I probably buy some of my cheese from all of those sections you're talking about. Like, you know, the family (laughs) cheese that, that, you know, go in my son's school lunches and stuff Mm -hmm. just from the, you know, where the yogurt and, and butter and whatnot is and I'll, Occasionally get some mm. fancy cheese, but I don't often buy the shelf cheese. I got to mm. be honest. Oh, that's
1: weird. How often um, do you buy <laughs> shelf
0: cheeses?
1: I, to be honest, I don't often buy it, but it is a large part of my childhood. So I feel like quite nostalgic talking about mm. aisle cheese. Um, so uh, the aisle cheese I'm talking about, I'm talking about like craft cheddar, like those big blocks. Now not called craft cheddar; it's called Dairy Lee cheddar. Mm. Like. There's a lot going on there. I don't know who owns one anymore, but it's very confusing. Also, cheese sticks, cheese stick wedges, and that laughing cow cheese. Mm. So that's what I mean by aisle cheese. Yeah. Now, mm. I went to the aisle cheese section of the supermarket the other day. It was comparing all the different cheeses. And obviously, between all the spaces where you can get cheese in the supermarket, the difference with aisle cheese is that it's not refrigerated. Mm. So I wanted to work out why this cheese can be on the shelf and it doesn't need to be on the fridge because cheese, you think, needs to be in the yes. fridge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I was thinking it's so far from cheese that maybe it, it's not cheese, so therefore it doesn't need to be in the fridge. But um, I wanted to, you know, do, do my due diligence in research. And it was really hard to research. Like no one types in why is processed cheese not in the fridge. Like there's really not that much mm. um, information so I did a bit of research but I also asked my um asked pretty much the best cheese monger in Australia for his um his knowledge so I spoke to Anthony Femia from Maker and Monger which is friend of the show friend of the show he was on the blue cheese episode he'll be he's probably ropeable that we're doing a processed cheese episode he'll be like what have you guys become (laughs) (laughs) um and why am I on it (laughs) um but yeah, he runs that um, Maker amonga stall in the pram market where you can basically get the best Riclette and the best Toasties mm. in all of Australia. Haven't tried all the Toasties in Australia, but I'm just going to say it because they're bloody good. Um, so he says um, the reason is that the milk's UHT, therefore making it safe to store on the shelf. And it's basically not dairy, it's just the texture of cheese. So UHT is like the milk in the, um, in like, The blocks that are also on yeah, shelf aisle milk.
0: Ultra heat treated. (laughs) Ultra heat. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Tetra pack, Tetra pack bottles. So, um, yeah. And he says it's, so it's because of that. And it's also because of the preservatives. So I did a bit of research on the preservatives and in cheese stick cheese, there are three different preservatives in the 200 category. And I didn't know this, but if if you read it with like a 200 code on the back, that means it's a preservative. Yeah. That helps protect against food deterioration caused by microorganisms. Yeah. So it has 200, which is sorbic acid, which is which does that. 234, which is nisin, which also does that. And 235, which is natamycin, which also prevents bacteria, but um, has other uses, such as in antifungal medication used to treat fungal infections around the eye. <laughs> so, what I've learned from this is, if you're having a bit of conjunctivitis or uh, a bit of crusty eyes, just grab a cheese stick, poke yourself in the eye, and you you'll be fine.
0: Wow, <laughs> this is the least delicious food podcast of all time. I'm sorry I know, for anybody. Why are you listening? God. I'm sorry you found us in the food section. <laughs> and what's your favourite use for processed cheese?
1: Um, Well, probably cheeseburger. Yeah, okay. Making, yeah. yeah, making McDonald's at
0: home. Yeah, all right. Mine, well, mine isn't making McDonald's at home because I've never done that because I'm normal. Um, uh,
1: get out of the group. <laughs> um, I have admin pri- <laughs> privileges and you oh, won't really? be in it by the end of the day. Wow,
0: okay. <laughs> ouch uh, uh no but my favorite use for it is grilled cheese sandwich yep. which there's something really special about just oh, the that's
1: so true i've yeah. actually been craving it on a crumpet recently
0: Re- okay i don't think i've ever had it on a crumpet mm. before but definitely like white bread yeah um yeah maybe like it doesn't really need anything else with it sometimes maybe like something tomatoey like mm. yeah well, um so white bread would be the, the my go-to bread But I came across this little recipe on a blog called The Cookful. And they had in turn found a recipe from uh, a a chain called Tom and Chi. This is in the United States again. um, Who tried something a little bit different than just your normal white bread. They made grilled cheese donut. Wow. And I've got one here for you. Whoa. So what I've done, thank you, is <clears throat> I've got a Krispy Kreme glazed original <laughs> donut, and I've cut it down the middle, okay, horizontally, and turned it inside out. So the the cut side goes onto the grill. You butter it. Mhm. Uh, it looks. It's probably looks a little bit underdone because I was, you know, under time pressure, um, and also, yeah. Didn't, we're in the, like a shared kitchen here, so I was kind of <laughs> didn't really want to explain what I was doing to anyone. Um, but in between the two halves of the donut, I've put a slice of processed cheese, and I've gone. For, I thought I church it up a bit. I've gone for the Coles uh, brand smoke-flavored cheese because I thought like Ooh. a smoky cheese might work with a sweet, yeah. sweet and salty thing. Uh, and I've yeah buttered the buttered the donut, and I've put it in a sandwich press. You' gonna give it a go? Yeah. All right. Whoa. I don't think I've got any cheese. Then I was just all like, mm. like buttering a Krispy Kreme donut is like.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I think it has potential, but I think you need about five times more cheese. Yeah. To wet to do the ratio properly.
0: Yeah, I think you could be right. Yeah, it doesn't hold. <laughs> so I just
1: shivered from too much sugar. <laughs>
0: um, it's a lot of sugar. Um, when you butter a Krispy Kreme donut and you grill it, and yeah, it's hard to get enough cheese in there because it just spills out and yeah. it turns into a cheesy mess. I, this is actually the second one I've made today. Wow. The first one was an absolute mess. Um, so I'm glad I had another go at it. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think it has potential. Um, some other use, um, bread replacements for grilled cheese that I've seen are ramen, like you make instant noodles, oh, yeah. and then you kind of form them into a... You cook the noodles, form them into a patty and let them set in the fridge. Mm. And then you grill that patty as, as though it's bread. Oh, yeah. Fill that with cheese. And the cheese kind of fills the gaps between the noodles. Um,
1: Actually, you can get a cheese slice with ramen at Shop Ramen.
0: Yeah. Um, I looked into that as well, um, mm. where that came from. I, uh, and a... Uh, it seems to be uh like a korean American thing um that has has kind of caught on um but yeah, a slice of cheese on your ramen mm-hmm. I've done that it's good it's good yeah it's pretty <laughs> good um so yeah there are some of the uh bread uh replacements I'm really <laughs> rushing on this sugar and I've just had like <laughs> a bite uh cool let's uh <laughs> let's keep this going.
1: Um, So you were discussing how – well, so plastic cheese has a good melt. Like that's one of the benefits of plastic cheese. Oh, yeah. But I guess the other reason that plastic cheese is so popular is because it's a playground snack. Um, And I guess that's where I remember it most. So um, I was more a cheese stick person in primary school Mm -hmm. and I was always jealous of the people who were the snack people because I felt like that was the, pr- the premium um, fake cheese snack. Mm. Um, so for those that don't know, the snacks are little prepackaged cheese like containers and you get like three crackers and you peel off the foil lid and the biscuits and you dip the biscuits in the cheese spread that's at the other end of the little container. Mm. Um, and the cheese spread is so good, you basically try and get every last drop of it out with your biscuits, fingers, tongue. Whatever it takes. Because
0: it's, it's kind of like um, spring oniony y flavoured, isn't it? Or s- I think uh, you can get different flavours.
1: Okay. Um, so the last time I had a Le Snack, unfortunately, was in primary school. And since then, there's been some Lesnac controversy around. And obviously, I'm drawn to the controversial <laughs> for Ingridipedia. Yeah. So I thought I'd dive right in. But if you're a Le Snack fiend, you may already know of the LaSnack dip portion conspiracy. Ooh. So a thread on the forum, Overclockers, um, Nex, a guy called Nex writes, so I got some less snacks today. I haven't had them for a while and I noticed something odd. The cheese dip container bit is now round at the bottom instead of rectangular. At first this made sense as the biscuits are round until I realised I now have a good third less dip. Breaking a biscuit in half was an easy way to contain an Breaking a biscuit in half was an easy way to obtain globules of cheesy goodness that get stuck in the corners. Mm. Alas, no more. I want my fucking dip back. So what we can tell from this um, post on a thread um, from eleven years ago, sometimes around two thousand and six, <laughs> is that Uncle Toby's, news. <laughs> the makers of the snack, decided to change the shape of the cheese spread part of the little snack. Um, And lots of people agreed with Nick, saying they have the same problem. They eat them at work all the time and breaking the biscuits in half was the best way to get the remaining cheese. Now there's no remaining cheese. So their fun is gone. Mm. Um, So Uncle Toby's actually responded to one of the posts on a different forum, but they linked to it within this saying the new rounded shape tray was designed to make it easier to scoop with less wastage. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. they would say that. But I see this as a tricky situation because obviously what they've tried to do is make a product improvement. So they've rounded out the base of the dipping console to get a more efficient dip motion Mm -hmm. with less friction and probably made the whole snack experience more ergonomic. Probably. However, in the process, they've literally cut a few corners and now there's less dip (laughs) in the dipping console. So obviously I'm on the side of the consumer because you can't just cut the amount of cheese in the little snack. But for a second, I want you to imagine if there was the same amount of cheese in the dipping console, Yeah. but it was just rounded, which, which design would you go for? Would you go for the full cheese in the round console or the full cheese in the rectangular console?
0: I'd go round because I mm. distinctly remember having to get like the corner bits of cheese out with my finger.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess it depends if you like that because... Usually in life, I'm all for efficiency and ease, but I think I'd actually prefer the rectangle pot of cheese because it'd take you longer to eat. Um, And if you have more time eating a little little snack, you'd enjoy getting the cheese out because it's like more of the experience. So you have more time eating cheese, Mm. more total time eating cheese. So it's kind of like a dog with a Kong or a bear with like fruit. Freezed in a ice block because it takes you longer to eat it. Ah, Therefore, you're entertained. Dog with a what? You know the Kong toys, and they it's like a rubber toy in their mouth, and you put like kibble Ah, in it or peanut butter in it, and it takes them like all day to get it out, and so they're like happy all day instead of just having a treat at the start and then they've got got nothing. (laughs) So, I think the snacks raised a profound philosophical question. Um, it's taught me a lot about myself. So thank you.
0: No, thank you. <laughs> uh, and let's just throw to the 1991 Le Snack ad, just oh, uh, cool. just if people don't remember the, uh, the product.
2: This is Le Snack. As you can see, Le Snack is a small pack of delicious goodies, le crisp bread and le creamy cheese spread in a precise le serve for one. Le kid likes le snack in his school lunch. Le wife enjoys le snack between corporate takeovers and stock market fluctuations. You don't need to keep le snack in le fridge. It keeps on le shelf. Le snack. You know it's good because it's made by Uncle Le Toges.
1: Did you le write that one?
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I didn't write that one. Um, I was 13 at the time. Uh, But thank you for asking that. So from the past of cheese to the future. I want to talk to you about 3D printed cheese.
1: I'm all for this. It was
0: going to happen sooner or later and somebody gave it a crack. So um, scientists at the University College Cork in Ireland wondered how the 3D printing process might change the properties of a processed cheese. Uh, So they took uh, a RepRap Pro Ormerod 1 printer, a 3D printer, and they retrofitted it with a custom syringe to handle cheese instead of plastic. Uh, they first analysed melted and unmelted processed cheeses to compare their 3D printed final products to later. And then they put the cheese into their custom no- nozzle. They warmed it to 75 degrees Celsius for, twen- for 12 minutes. And then they uh, extruded the cheese uh, at slow, so 4 mils a minute, and then fast, 12 mils a minute, rates. And a textural analysis showed the final 3D printed pro- products ended up. Did it work? This is all from an article on Gizmodo, by the way. Did it work? What, what happened?
1: I don't know. It i got a bit confused.
0: <laughs> uh, well, basically, they, they heated up the cheese, squirted it out in a syringe in various shapes. They, they made um, a panda shape. Um, out of odd oh, choice, yeah, out of ricotta, I believe they use sort of different processed cheese. Um,
1: I want to call it ricotta. Yeah,
0: they they well, they kind of added, they did the the sort of processing, right? Process, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> where they added emulsifiers and okay. salts and cool. all you know, uh, two three fives and two three fours to it. Um, it didn't work out that well. It didn't hold its shape and 3D-printed... Um, they ended up gooeyer and less thick than what they started with, no matter how fast they printed the cheese. And 3D-printed cheeses were also darker in colour. Uh, These textural changes likely came from changes to the cheese's molecular structure during extruding, something we'll have to think more about if we're hoping to 3D-print more foods in the future. Uh, so, yeah, basically the cheese's molecular structure... Changed by the printing process, the 3D printed cheeses had breaks in their protein networks and large misshapen non-spherical fat balls, which is um, normal cheese has uh, spherical dots of fat at an order of 10 micrometers interspersed throughout it. And that's what kind of holds the cheese together and keeps its shape. So these differences in structure could have led to the cheese's softer texture. So it's still a bit of work to do. Uh, but, you know, this is a pretty recent mm. article. It only happened this uh, last month. So still working on it. 3D printed cheese may still uh, have a future and you can just um, yeah print your own cheese stick at home or whatever you want to
1: do. What a future. Is there any way I can fund the University of Cork to develop their research a bit we'll quicker? We'll figure it
0: out. We'll see if there's a Kickstarter. Cool. So what did we talk about?
1: Well, to recap, I spoke about homemade McDonald's.
0: And then I talked about government cheese. Mm.
1: And I moved on to Isle cheese.
0: And then I made a donut grilled cheese. Nice.
1: And then Isla talked about the snack.
0: <laughs> and I took us into the future with 3D printed cheese, the cheese of the future.
1: Mm-hmm. So you can vote for whoever's facts you thought were most interesting on our Instagram, which is Ingridipedia. Um, you can also suggest ingredients for future episodes if you want us to cover anything in particular. Um, our email address is on our website, which is Uh
0: And also, thank you very much to Joel from mm. uh, Homemade McDonald's Facebook group. Yeah. They've um, got some exciting things happening what that we're probably not allowed yeah, to talk about. Yeah, I don't about, think we're allowed to talk about, but, but a bit of an art project. Mm, coming up. Mm, so plenty happening there. So thank you, to yeah. Joel,
1: and thanks to all the listeners who um, have shared their milky tea bag anti stance with me over the past few weeks. Um, there's been quite a lot of you, and I really appreciate the support. And to be honest, some people have contacted me saying. I was a milky teabagger and now I'm going to think about it and not do it.
0: You're changing the culture.
1: I know, I know. And if you missed that episode, you should go back and listen because, um, yeah, it's kind of really important if you ever want to drink tea in the vicinity of me (laughs) that you know the milky teabag rules.
0: Uh, Yeah, well, all 41 episodes are at ingredipedia.com.au. Go back and have a listen if you've missed uh, the blue cheese episode. Or the tea episode Mm. Or the pineapple Any of them really um, They're all They're all (laughs) possible
1: What an endorsement (laughs) And you can leave us a rating That's hopefully a bit more than possible On on the iTunes Yeah like five Like Like, five five stars Probably just a five Yeah just Yeah